It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. FlowTrack.org slash FlowTrackPodcast is where you can find all the videos and the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Gordon, good morning. How are you? Yo, is it safe to say Track is back? Is, is, is that what we're saying right now? Is Track back? Though the Diamond League did release a modified schedule with meets that are beginning on August 14th. Now, this does not include the Impossible Games, which is still the first meet internationally, although it's mostly just including athletes from Sweden and Norway. But Sweden and Norway are good enough in track for that to count as international track meet. That's still scheduled for, for June 11th. But yes, the Diamond League did trot out a schedule here. Those of you watching can see the dates scrolling below us, which is a great new feature that we have here and particularly helpful for this show, because I don't even need to look up. I can say, hey, September 4th, Brussels. September 6th, Paris. Um, yeah, so not not until August. So still plenty of time to go here. A couple of Diamond League meets did get scrapped here. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to ask you something about yesterday's episode. Is that okay if I take you back to yesterday's episode? Yeah, let's take us back. Take me back. Okay. As a, I have a love-hate relationship with the Gordon Lincoln version of this podcast, but I'm also its number one fan. So it's, it's both. It's a complex relationship, but I thought you guys did a good job yesterday going over those proposed NCAA cross country changes. And you agreed for the first time on anything. Usually you don't even agree on the weather outside or what day you're recording. You, you guys have a really good way of disagreeing on everything. I want to know though, I want to know though, if you were in charge of this, and you could pick any format for how the NCAA cross country season would go with obviously some constraints, right? You can't bend the space time continuum. What would you do? How would you structure the season in your ideal world? Well, the ideal situation would be that the NCAA champ, I don't, this is an opinion that most people would hate, but I think that, the NCAA championship should only have like 12 teams. I want everyone on that starting line 
who's at the NCAA championships to be a team that could win. That's my okay. So how would you so how would you structure the whole season then leading into that? Would you keep it the same and then just let twelve teams? Would you change the qualifying process? Like if you were we're, we're picking all the different versions and proposals apart, but like how would you how would you? That's fine. That's a fine opinion to have. I just wonder how you how do you how would you get there? Well, the only like I do I I do think it's kind of cool to make a conference champions. Uh, automatically qualify or some system but what I would want to do this would be in order to make the regular season matter you have to give an incentive to run well at the regular season right you got to give you got to find a way to stop teams from uh, running B teams all year round and just peaking for regionals right so what's the best way to incentivize uh, a team is you incentivize them with rest so what I would do is I would I don't know specifically, but I would design a scoring system or point system or whatever system, whatever system, where you have a chance to earn a buy to NCAA's if you have a successful regular season. So basically, there'll be regionals will be more about a play-in than about uh, a like. So like say uh like say we we basically I would find a way to to give like a buy to like the top 5 teams at in the in the um regular season and then okay. find a way to have a play in for the next 7. Okay. So Does that makes sense. Either a committee. The whole, the, whole, it's just, the whole situation is the only thing. Problem with NCA cross. It's a good. It's a blessing and a, and a curse. But it's a whole problem with running in general. Is that regular seasons don't matter in running, right? All that matters is the global championship. Like who cares? If, we're talking about Diamond League, but in the end, and people are just paid to run well at the global championships. Same thing with yeah. NCA cross. Even in NCA track, you're not told to run fast at Brian Clay or at Mount Sac or at Penn Relays. You're told to run fast at NCAAs and conference championships. Josh Kerr ran pretty matter. fast. Josh Kerr yeah. ran pretty fast at Brian Clay. So, so the, and it crosses even more because we're all like, oh, you can't run too far. It'll hurt your body, you know, man- mm-hmm. mantra. Like, because dare we say you run, you, you, all these coaches are like, we can't race, but we can do like a workout that's twice as hard. And <laughs> right. that's it's weird. Uh, but uh, the idea is that how do we make right, r- the rate the the meets that are held in September and October, and even in early November matter instead of it be like the only thing that matters is the meet on November twenty third. So I would I would push back the 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 date to maybe make it like a December like post Thanksgiving, okay. uh, so you have a little longer of a regular season, and I would make the regular season matter by saying, hey, if you run well in the regular season, you get a buy to uh to like maybe maybe have like maybe have two qualifying rounds, right? Because the whole idea mm-hmm. is that Nutty Comb and Prenats is like a virtual qualifying round. So basically yeah. why don't we why don't we do this? Why don't we push like conferences to like mid October, right? So the okay. season starts September 1st, right? So that means there's six weeks until conferences, right? And basically you want people to run every two weeks, right? So let's have people run 
September, beginning of September, mid-September, beginning of October, mid-October, beginning of November, mid-November, beginning of December. So that is uh, seven, seven weekends, right? So the last weekend mm-hmm. will be NCAAs. Okay, so hold on, hold on. So wait, the one, two, the, the fourth weekend will be conferences. So you have three weekends of regular season tune-ups before conferences, right? So you have conferences on the fourth weekend. On the fifth mm-hmm. weekend is the first round, right? And that's with the people who did not have good regular seasons, did not win conferences. They got to run that fifth weekend. They qualify to the sixth weekend to race everyone else in like a second regional. And then that second regional narrows it down to 12th. And then they have it at the their final, the, the seventh. So you have like one weekend off for the, the big finale. But like, I just think it would be cooler if like there was more of like an elimination factor. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, I, I personally like the way we do it for outdoor track with like, yeah, it's 48, mm-hmm. but it's kind of cool. It goes from 48 to 24 to 12 to, you know, well, no, it goes like yeah. it goes from ninety six to forty eight to twenty four, to to eight. Like that's kind of like yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I think we kind of should do that in uh, cross. So you touched on what I was going to say, which was just make this a three step process as opposed to a two step pr- process. And if that means yeah. lengthening the season, that means lengthening the season. Because I got to be honest, I don't like the points. I think anytime you're trying to create a regular season in cross country or track it's just going to be hard it's a square peg in a round hole so just forget about all that if they people want to run at nuttycomb because it's a great competition and they want to test their guys they can do that or the women on their team they can do that but if not they don't have to conference you can do it if you want to you don't have to but then you have a first round which would look like our, our current regional system right and then that narrows it down and then they qualify onto a second round which then gets it down to what twenty four teams, or tw- if you if you if you want to be extreme and go to twelve, that's fine. But the the point being, at least we'd get three interesting, really interesting weekends of competition, yeah. and there would be pure drama, and you would not need to do math to figure it out, other than who has the lowest score. Okay, top six in this region are advancing. Oh, that was crazy! That sixth team beat the seventh team by four points. Like that's nuts. Yeah. And maybe they. Then you have these cool Cinderella stories where it's like maybe a team that wasn't even supposed to get out of the first round makes it all the way to nationals. Yeah, now they have to run against Colorado and NAU and BYU and New Mexico and all these crazy power teams. And But they at least had that little run they to get journey. there because yeah. – and, and we thought that they were the 45th best team and it turns out they were the 23rd best team. And the difference in those two numbers meant they got these extra couple weeks – of having a a great experience and a great story i i kind of like that more than trying to figure out how to make the regular season matter when the good teams are always just going to play games with it because they can and they will with this one too but fewer will be able to do it because we just have that hard number and then and then you move on from there yeah no and i agree it's the whole i mean we kind of already do have a three-step process it's just that first step is a weird step and that first step is the Nuttycomb uh, pre-nat weekend, right? Where, like, that's where all the best yeah. teams go, and they all run in, and they do their fake qualifying for the points, right? And then they have the real qualifying at regionals, right? So why don't you take yeah. out that, use that weekend? People are already, 
gathering in these super type regional systems, which is pre-nats and nuttycomb, and use that weekend for conferences, use the conference weekend for this new first round, and then use regionals mm-hmm. weekend for regionals. And, you know, but yeah, I think it would be cooler if it's like, you know, if we come out, of, if we have the nine regions, go from nine regions to four regions or whatever, or make it, make it 10, right? So you go 10 and then to five or something. I don't know. 10, yeah, yeah. Go from 10 regions to five regions. And then that five regions go to, you know, 20, 15 teams. Well, what you think could... NCAs will be cooler. I mean, people love that it's 255 athletes and like the mass makes the, the meat so cool. Yeah, but I also think it would be even cooler if it was like the elite of the elite and like we saw like actual strategy and games being played and it was like, all right, what's going on? Like, ooh, you know, people, one of the most entertaining races that I've ever witnessed was the four by mile at Penn Relays where it was just all strategy. Yes, they were walking, oh, but that made it like more dramatic. I mean, people say they hate it, but you're it losing was, me on that one. But okay. <laughs> but no, it was a mental game because they all knew what Chess does, right? And they were all trying to play the game against Chess, and it was a chess match, a chess match. And it was like, it was the first time we actually yeah. knew what the runners were thinking. We like, they weren't like, they knew Chess's game and they were trying to beat him at his own game. Right. And that, that was cool because it was actual competition. It wasn't just like we run and we tried to run fast. It wasn't like dumb running. It was actually like, all right, hold on. Chez wants it got kind of dumb though. Lead. It got, it got pretty preposterous though. I'm with you in terms of the strategy, but when they were running 630 miles or whatever they were on that last, second to last lap, it was pretty ridiculous. I get, I get your point, but here's the other cool benefit to this. Right. And we're talking about this in a, in a world where we have a perfect scenario you do that first region right and then you can seed the teams then you yeah. can seed them into four four regions say and that gives an incentive for teams to run at least a little bit hard in the first round and then if you seed them into regions you don't need to worry about the belly aching and the complaining about well this at large team no no you could do Every region gets five teams, and that's it. And if you're sixth, tough. You got put into a yeah. tough draw. That's how it works. Where every region gets four, and then you move on, and you have 16 teams at the national meter. You have 20 teams or 25, whatever you want to do. But it would just allow uh, a sorting that would be fair. It wouldn't be, let's make up, you know, this team beat, as you mentioned yesterday, a lot of it just coming down to luck, right? When you factor in all the cold loss points and things like that, you could say, hey, everybody shows up on region. They run it from there. You have a seed and then you go to uh, your next step in the process and then you qualify from there. Conference, I think conference is the one meet that can stand alone because people want to win their conference. Most most teams want to win their conference or finish as high as they can. So that meet would still be interesting. But I would trade a qualification step, that meet being interesting where it's clear cut. Um, I would rather have that than a, a mid-season meet like we see now, like you're mentioning, with a uh, where all the good teams go and they try to get points at a nutty comb or a pre-nats. Like I would trade those two, yeah, for each other. Yeah, and I mean it's easy to do too. The 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 time slots there, right? You shift conferences up two weeks and then use mm-hmm. the conference weekend for this new round that we created. Um, yeah, and then even like you could easily have like. Like two, like we we already do it with like, you know, like with a 
two-site weekend meet, right, where we do that, where we have the big meet happening in Wisconsin and the big meet happening in Terre Haute. Like, we mm. already do it. We just could make it more, like, official, which would be cooler. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah, and if people anyway. are like, hey, that's an extra 10K that they have to run, my response would be, if you can't do your sport often enough times for people to pay attention to your sport, then you have a problem. <laughs> Right. And I don't know if that means changing the distance to 8K or moving things around. But if it's if it's a situation where, oh, this is unreasonable, well, then maybe you need to ask other questions, because all we're basically saying is these athletes need to compete five times in a year, six times in a year in a season. That's not I don't think that's too much to ask. And maybe you need to play around with your roster a little bit. Dave Smith talked about that, like depending on it with the qualifying process, you, you build your team a different way. But I think it should be built from the perspective of like what's going to make the most sense for the sport. This is what – I don't know how it was when you when you went to high school, but isn't this pretty similar to most high school qualification processes in the country? You have a, a district step, a regional step, or a super regional, or a section step, and then you get to state. Right, That's the whole idea of it. They're not – not really going in and figuring out points at like the Woodbridge Invitational or Mount Sac Invitational. Right. It's you get yeah. to the end of the season and you have all and you got to get through the gauntlet. You got to get through the ringer of the entire thing. Yeah. Not all not all states have three rounds, but uh, Pennsylvania only sure. has two. But it's the same thing where Pennsylvania, it was top two and you're in. And uh, in order to get the at large spot, you had to like run. Well, in track, you just had to run a, a time. But yeah. But in for yeah. cross country, I don't think there was any at large picks. It was just like. Top two at the districts. Each district had a, a certain number that they get to qualify. So if you have a good district, you get top four. If you have a shitty district, you get top two or something like that. But yeah, um, and you could use the going back to seeding and the idea of you could use results from the early season meets and conference to seed that initial region. Now, would the power teams really be worried about that? No, because they would be fine. But it would create some sort of incentive to try to get a better seed to try to get in a more navigable region and who would be on that committee to pick it. That would be you obviously. Me. And you alone, you would just get the, yeah, well, because look, that's like, to me, sorting out who goes in the first round. Yeah. Some people will complain about it, but it's ultimately they have, they have, they have a chance to rectify it. Right. And, and you're splitting teams up into nine regions. No one's going to be that, that impacted by it. And I, in, in my scenario, I think you just you send everybody still to that one, and then you cut it down, and then you cut it down again. So that way, everybody would still get to run the same amount of meets that they're running now if they wanted to, but then you just add that extra step into into qualifying, as opposed to sending fewer teams to the region and then the same amount of teams to the championship, which is strange. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because you guys were picking it apart, but I want to know your your ideas, your plans. Yeah. Well, it also sounds like you're listening to that pod just screaming for to have a mic. You know, you're like, why can I be yeah. in this conversation? Because we, we're what, like 15 minutes into this pod and you're always, you're just trying to extend <laughs> the Monday pod. This is actually the wrap-up show for Monday. This is the post show. Uh, I usually am screaming, but no, I thought it was a really good conversation. I enjoyed the Beneath the Grandstand episode with, with Dave Smith as well too. But it just got me thinking like, how did we get to this point? How did it get so complicated? Cross country should be pretty easy and i know dave smith talked about the idea of making cross country like and track like every other sport which is always the problem but it happens all the time it's the the basketballification of of cross country it's 
sports are different and you can you can treat them differently and the template is clearly in how the high school system works let's just follow that and i think it would add some level of of interest to it as opposed to just this one one step thing but what if we what if we uh did a thing where we had a instead of a we we send um like you send what tw- you send 20 i don't know 30 or 20 teams to NCAAs and they run a 5k mm-hmm. on a friday and then the top whatever teams qualify for the sunday 5k <laughs> you know See, now like, you're getting that's how, that's, now, well, that's, now you're well, getting that, drunk with power that's how the final four works that's how the final four works right or they 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 have four teams play on saturday and then the two winners play each other on monday so why don't we whittle have... it down to one on one? Yeah, just keep whittling it down, and then just... how cool would it be if like the the final was like a BYU NAU duel meet like at the end, and they they just been no. through the ringer, they've been they're tired, they got the legs, they're just one last round. Both coaches are mic'd up live. It'll be oh man, it'll be epic. Just... And you have two different broadcasts. You have like one broadcast with like. With Jared Ward doing commentary, another broadcast with Matt Baxter doing commentary, man, it'll be great. Uh, I think sixteen is the fewest you could sell me on in terms of teams because I do like that big. I do like that big start. Um, what's the like this year? How many teams? Like on the women's side, we thought okay, there might be six teams that could win it, five teams that could win it in a scenario. I think it's rare when you get a situation where it's okay, ten teams could win it, but but the 16th best team could maybe sneak onto the podium in some years too. And that's a significant achievement too. So 16 is fine. I, I would still say, okay, even 20 or 30. My desire is to just have that extra round to raise the stakes, to have one more interesting meet that would force people to run hard. All this is about convincing them to do the thing that we're interested in watching them do, which is just play the sport hard. Do the running thing. We like watching you run. Do that more. That's all we want, right? Talk about how it would be great for the 16 team to get fourth, and that's a great achievement. How many sports honor it is though, fourth right? place? How many sports honor fourth place the way cross country honors fourth place? Well, you should probably about like you it's the final. Okay, bowl games, a million teams get a trophy and get to end their season as the car care bowl champions. That's pretty much the same thing, right? Or maybe even worse. No, that that's just, but like there's not like a like an award for fourth. Like even in Final Four, I guess the award is that you have a potential to win, not that you got fourth. You know, like there's no award for the the losing team in the Final Four, you know. I don't well, know, just, this is like what this is no, this is what Dave Smith brought up though about how it's different, right? He when he goes to NCAAs He's competing against 30 other teams, but it just happens that they're competing all at the same time. So the idea that you are celebrating fourth is the fact that you beat the 31st team, you beat the 30th team, you beat the 29th. Like you made it all the way in a way, if this was basketball or football, you made your way to that to the final four. step. Yeah. The difference is you just did it in 20 minutes. And then you also lost to three other people in your semifinal or your championship or whatever it is. The, the all this stuff is happening simultaneously. That's the that's the difference. So that's why you recognize the fourth place is the cumulative effect of all that you did to get there. 
Doesn't that make sense? That makes sense, right? Well, it's just in, you know, it's... It's a different sport. It's a different sport. Yeah. It's a different sport. Like, you would definitely, especially if your team was an underdog, and they made it, if you were a 12 seed or a 10 seed, and you made it to the final four, and then you got blown out in the first round, even if you got blown out, you'd say, wow, that was a crazy story. And look at all the recognition that they got on the way to the final four. They beat four teams. They made it out of the regional. That's crazy. This team had a great season. You'd, you'd say that same thing. I don't know if they get a plaque. I don't know how that works, but the recognition would definitely be there. Like we 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 applaud fourth place all the time. We do. We just do it in a different way than we do it in cross country or or track. Figuring yeah, out track though, true. you're right. I think the track system right now is the best of all the available options. I would not be in favor of changing the the, the track system right now. Yeah, I like it's it. It's just like boom, boom, boom. You, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah, not boom, boom, the regionals. Boom. That's all you got to say. <laughs> boom, well, boom, boom. Well, the first round, it's not the most exciting to watch because the really good people can glide through. But then I went to the 2018 West Regional where <laughs> Michael Norman split whatever he did, 43 something, and Devin Dixon was right on him and rye benjamin ran stupid fast in the foreign hurdles and a whole bunch of people in the women's five and ten ran really really hard a lot of those athletes take that that step very seriously because they don't want to mess around so it's still a good it's still a good meet it's still a good meet it's not the drama of what comes two weeks later but it's still a good meet but could you argue though that maybe we don't need 48 per East and West, that you really need 24 because how many 25th to 48th ranked athletes are making an NCAA final? I get that. So you just shrink the time, or would you add that into the? You'd still keep the the separate site and the separate date, though. Yeah, I mean, I think you could just we could just cut out around have yeah cut out around and say top Mm. 24 from the East and top 24 from the West get to go to the regionals you know Mm -hmm. i mean the reason why it's 48 is because every coach and their mom wants to say i had an ncaa qualifier right so it gives another 24 you know participation awards to all these coaches and athletes for their programs to be like hey instead of saying i qualified three athletes to the ncaa first round they could say i qualified 12 even though the other nine were never ever going to make any impact because they were ranked 45th. But if you have like nine 45th ranked athletes, all of a sudden you look like a pretty deep team. Uh, do me a favor, log on to log on to Tifers right now. What was Morgan McDonald's uh, ranking in the 5,000 last year during okay, the regular well, season? You know, that that's that obviously is skewed because he obviously purposely was doing that. But you know, what was he West? Well, you know what I mean. It well it. it I guess that's another benefit. It would make them run faster in the regular season because they, they yeah. couldn't mess around. Yeah, because I think he just ran. He ran like thirteen fifty, didn't he, or something like that? At Brian Clay, he jogged the beat. He was ranked thirty. He was ranked thirty first. He was ranked thirty first. See, so you would not you would exclude the NCAA five thousand meter champion, is what you're saying? Okay, you know system. that he did that on purpose. <laughs> he would have had to run thirteen forty seven. I'm sure he could have ran thirteen forty seven. Don't know. He's a what, 13, 14 guy. I'm not sure if he could have run 13, 47. I get your point. I get your point. I, I understand. Um, 
I guess it does create a little bit of a, a cushion to make sure that you can get people there, especially with the quick turnaround between indoors and outdoors. Um, all right. You guys talked about, about Nick Willis yesterday. Oh, we should talk about Nick the topic of the day. I don't know. Do you want to check that before we, before we keep going here? We don't, uh, I, that was a very spirited conversation. I think I'm hundred percent right, by the way. I think he signed with uh, the company. It, you were parsing the vocabulary in a way that was persuasive. So parsing the vo- vocabulary. Well, I never, that's a very impressive way to say of how I talk. Well, because you were looking at each individual word and saying, well, he's not going to go with Nike because he's too pray, uh, he's too laudatory of Adidas. And then you also said something to the effect of um, exciting and, an, oh, yeah, exciting announcement coming Tuesday. Although Lincoln did say um, it's not going to be retirement because of the exciting announcement thing. You wouldn't say that. Um, but he's I thought it was pump, I, he's trying to pump up a low level sponsor. That's all he's trying to do. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. He tweets a lot about the NBA. That's why I appreciate Nick Wells. He likes track and the NBA. So he's he's one of us. Nothing nothing yet. I just looked at his Twitter. So nothing here. Yeah. Yes, topic of the day, Diamond League. I don't really know how much we can discuss with this though. We have the dates uh in August starting in Monaco. There's just still a lot of unanswered questions because they said some of these are going to be one-offs. Some of these might follow a regular Diamond League fi- format. Some may not. They're just giving the freedom to do whatever they like. There is no Diamond League final, though. That's been canceled. Zurich will get to host it at a later date. London's been canceled, and Rabat has been canceled. So there's been three that have been canceled. The interesting one for fans in the U.S., pre-classic, is going to be in October. Was it October 4th? Yeah, the same day as Which the London is Marathon. On a Sunday, and it's the day, I looked this up, a day after Oregon-Washington football game, and anybody who's been to Eugene knows, hotel rooms are at a premium, particularly if there's a Oregon-Washington football game. Now we don't know if the Oregon-Washington football game is going to go off, so that would obviously change things dramatically there. Do you think that they will revisit the idea of achieving world standards? or Olympic standards, which are now suspended until December 1st because of this? Or do you think because the drug testing issue is still so tough that they'll just keep it unofficial for now? No, you got to – if people run fast at an IAA World Athletics sanctioned meet, you got to give them the standard. Like you can't just be like, oh, you don't get it. No, I think they're going to give them to them. That's my opinion of Mm -hmm. this. So I'm looking – we're seeing the the dates here uh, on the the bottom of the screen. I just want to see – the combination of the major marathons with these diamond leagues, like uh, oh man, it's nuts. Yeah. Like I mean, you're gonna have diamond league two di- two days later, diamond league two days later, diamond league, and then like six days later, Boston Marathon. Like Boston Marathon is September 14th, and then September 17th is the Rome Diamond League. Like it's gonna be wild. I don't, I, don't, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Like you have the Berlin Marathon, which is Oh, that got moved though, right? Berlin Marathon got moved. Yes, they haven't been. They haven't said officially, but it, yeah, it looks like it's been been moved. Yeah, if all this stuff goes off and NCAA cross happens, September and October in the running world is going to be very busy. <laughs> Just looking well, at all these dates, there's going to be a Diamond League in China the same day as the Nuttycomb Wisconsin 
uh, invite. <laughs> mm. And the world maybe some tough choices. For... Oh, the half marathon championships is the same day as well, the Shanghai Diamond League. The reason why I'm, I'm well. One thought that I've always had is I, we should do a big pot on this of how Gordon can solve track and field in one hour, um, which we I think should that's say for every day. Yeah, but we'll say that for a pod later on this uh, this summer. Uh, but it basically comes down to the whole creating a four major system as opposed to a one global championship system, a la the way golf does it, the way tennis does it, where there's four championships, not one, and we should have four championships, not one. Uh, but uh, it all is tied around the anchor of each of these four weekends would be a four-day championship with the Sunday being a major marathon. And mm-hmm. seeing these high-level diamond leagues being so close to a high-level major marathon, you can kind of visualize what it's like to have track on a Saturday, and then Sunday morning you have a major marathon. It's kind of a cool – or even a major marathon Sunday morning, and then Sunday night you have a track meet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a interesting viewer experience yeah. to have the combination of both elite track and elite road road running. So Jam it all in there together. Track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of these, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, but a lot of these could end up, the fields could end up being pared down, like we're seeing with the Impossible Games, where it's just a select number of events and a select number of athletes maybe that are that are geographically nearby. So if, if you're a U.S. athlete, you got Eugene, obviously, and then what's the next closest? I mean, this isn't any different than any other year. Ever since they took the New York Diamond League away, but then everything else is, is Europe, 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 right? Or well, Asia. One thing I'm think, thinking about, if the Eugene meet is happening on October 4th, that means some like local, like, you know, like Port, well, Portland Track Festival put on a meet like the weekend before, the weekend after, or... USA's know, like, maybe? Will USA's create a September USA meet? Like, mm-hmm. I think if we're going to have a elite, you know domestic track meet on October 4th, you think the agents and the other local meet directors around the country are going to be like, Hey, well, maybe we can create something around that date, you know, where mm-hmm. give people something three weeks out to, to tune up for it or two weeks later after they run it, you know, because Portland yeah. track festival gets a lot of like people who are getting ready for prefontaine or post prefontaine, you know what I mean? So that might be yeah. a, a thought. So I'm wondering with the, we just don't know about the budgets of these places too. Like what's the situation going to be of uh, like, are they going to be able to pay out time bonuses? Are they going to be, you know, what's the, what's the appearance fee process going to be for a lot of these meets? Is it like, how, how much is that going to impact them? I could be, I could be wrong on this just because the guests that we've had on the pod have been, primarily distance runners, but all of them have said they wanted to run. So I'm inclined to believe that we would see more representation from distance and mid-distance folks than we would from sprinters. And the reason I think that is just because the technical component and also the chance of injury being higher. Do you, do you see it the same way? Yeah, but I also think that they're going to, if they're going to give money to anyone, they're going to give money to, appearance money to a sprinter. So, you know, I think it might be, it's going to be like, do we think Noah Lyles will compete in this? I think he would. I like how we always use, will Noah Lyles do this thing? I just think it's tough, right? Lopez LeBlanc can go out and run 
and get somewhat close to what he would do on the track. Right. He can run around the streets of Portland. Shelby Hulingham can run around the streets of Portland. Is it the exact same thing as spiking up and getting a bunch of tune-up races? No. But like the sprinters that you're talking about, like they're not working on block starts on tracks, you know? That's what makes me like Allison Felix is yeah, literally yeah. running up and down Are the they street. Not? They no, I mean Lyles Lyles is working out on grass. That's what he said before. He did not have access to a track. He was he was working out on grass. Felix was is working out on the street. We've seen video of that. Coleman was having to jump a gate to get into a track and, until eventually he stopped. The weight I facilities. Mean, now, distance runners need weight I, facilities too, but you've been running on a track, I know, but we've you've discussed what type of track that is. I don't think that's IAAF certified uh, type yeah, of track. Yeah, but it's still tra- like, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's easier to get, maybe because I live in Texas and it's easier to get on tracks in Texas. Maybe that's why. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it's it's different. Ever, I'm just saying that the the hu- and not not even to mention field events, right, and the equipment that they need. The technical component makes me think that we would see distance runners get back and get back to a form that they had in previous years before we would see that from sprinters. That's just a guess. That's just my my and and hurdlers and other technical event people. Now I know uh, if uh, Lincoln's listened to this pod, he's probably throwing. The, the phone against his his wall being like there's no way this is happening we're in the he's got a new pandemic. house uh, we're, we're, throw why are we talking anywhere. about track meets happening in the fall how dare they uh but we do see a trend starting with the sports world with starting to come up with ideas and plans and even implementing these plans to start bringing back sports during this time that we're in i mean UFC did an event literally this past weekend with no fans. From all we know, it seemed like it was a success, right? Health-wise, I don't think anyone was, you know. Well, that was the one where the guy tested positive before, right? Didn't the guy, didn't a a fighter test positive? Yeah, they they took him off, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think. So, but like, overall, the event happened without a hitch for the people that participated in the event. And as basketball fans, basketball started talking about how they were thinking about doing the bubble system with having two sites to play all their games starting in sometime mid-June, end of, end of June, early July. Baseball has already come up with the proposal to do an 80-game season starting in July, I believe. NASCAR's coming yeah. back, but that's in the car, whatever. But, like, sports are starting <laughs> to come back, right? It is isn't a car. That, I, I, I sports just are starting to come back, and I think, and I think yeah. that – the world athletics is noticing that and they they're thinking like hey we should have a plan too we can't just live in the yeah. world where oh 2021 that's when everything's gonna be fine because you're just as hopeful by saying everything for someone who mm-hmm. says we shouldn't be thinking about sports till 2021 has the same leap of faith as someone says we should think about sports in 2020 fall like it, what's the difference between 2020 yeah. fall and 2021 nothing it's just a few it's a days if you can't say 2021, why don't we wait till 2022? You know what? Let's wait till 2024. You know what? Let's wait till 2029. That's when we know everything's going to be okay. You can always push it back, right? So there's well, that last never part's a, little, that last part's a little extreme, but 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 I but I, I take your point in terms of like November 2020 versus uh, February 2021. That's only four months apart, right? And the medical treatment may not be vastly different between November and in fe- February. I, I take your yeah. point there. The issue, the issue, the the unique challenge that track has compared to these 
major team sports, right, is just the amount of people from all over the world that compete. Then there's no central governing structure. Like, yes, there's a governing body, but like we know this from everything else in track. It's not like everybody's taking directives from them, right? You have your shoe sponsor, you have your local governing body, and then you have the international governing body. Um, a little bit different than than the NBA where the league is paying out these salaries to the players or the Major League Baseball where the league is paying out salaries to the players. The other or part like is – UFC, they're under contract with UFC, the fighters, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know a ton about UFC, but UFC, obviously, easier too. You get two people together, you test them, and you do it, right? That's sort yeah. of – that's tough to <laughs> – with the track meet, you need to have more people involved. So I, I think we'll see something. It's just a, in a matter of how we see it, and it's going to be different than what we saw, obviously, before, not, not to mention fans. The other thing is they have an – you know, NBA has an incentive to come back right? Put it on TV. People will pay a lot of money for it. You and I would definitely die and be super pumped to get some track in our life, right? But I don't, there's not the global, I mean, people did like the ultimate garden clash. I will say that people did like the, the ultimate garden clash, but I don't, there's not, track is more doing it, I think, just because they want to stay relevant, want to stay in the conversation, want to give people a chance to, 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 to compete this year. Whereas those other sports have these huge, huge, television contracts hanging out there. I mean, that has to be part of it too, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm also just thinking about if the NBA gets pushed back and is happening and the finals are happening in September, as long, along with NFL the football. The NFL and every other sport. And yeah. major, marath major marathons and now the Diamond League. It's going to be a wild fall. Like, we're going to just – we're going to overdose on sports in the fall. Like, I think we are doing a, a cleanse right now, and then we're going to – we're going to – we're going to go hard. We'll be sick of sports. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Like, we're going to overdose hard on this fall. We're going to go on a, on a banger. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's just – yeah. It's just tough. It's just, it's just tough to – like, I've read the NBA proposals, and it's difficult to imagine that level – of a structure set up for for track it's, it's just it's just difficult to to figure out i mean you could get a, maybe you get a pool of athletes right and they all they all test but they just announce all these different sites they're not running every week in orlando they're not running every week in las vegas they're going to go from monaco to italy to uh the united states to doha yeah. like they're going through all th all throughout the world um and even if you wanted to keep them in a pod, it's, it's just it's just difficult. It's just not the way track is administered. Um, one more story I wanted to get your thought on. Have you been reading the the Ted Ginn Jr. saying he beat Usain Bolt in a relay 15 years ago story? I have. I also know Ted Ginn Jr. is not new to talking about his running career. He's um, fast. He's fast. Legitimately good. Yeah. Yeah. Hurdler in high school. What well, what's his PRs? Uh, I think he ran thirteen mid in high school on the. I'm guessing that's the, the high school heights there in hurdles, and then I think he ran forty six five in a four hundred, in high school. And I I looked last night. He got second in Arcadia, which is a very good meet in high school. So he's very good. I'm, no one has been able to pin down and find the exact moment when he beat Usain Bolt, and 
what do you think of someone claiming victory if you beat them in a relay? Because I don't think that should count. <laughs> yeah, definitely should not count, especially if we weren't even the same. One, yeah, the only way you could kind of count it is if you get the stick at the same time and it's a four by four. Then you could say maybe yes. you beat the guy. But yeah. four by one, different leg, different heat. No, that is ridiculous. <laughs> but Ted, Jin, Ted Ginn Jr. has a history to talk about his speed. So back in 2019, a year ago, he was on a podcast on Bleacher Report, the Left Coast Show, a podcast I listened to, Left Coast. Shout out. He's a great podcast host, also a Philly guy. They needed, um, but they needed some help. He, he said um, he would race anyone for $10,000, um, saying he's the fastest wide receiver in the NFL and is willing to race anyone for ten grand. And guess who quote tweeted that interview clip with just the Matthew word bowling. bet? Matthew Bowling. Matthew Bowling was yeah. like, bring it. Because Bowling would probably smoke awesome. Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, and then, obviously, nothing ever happened, right? But Ted is very He's going to college. He's not getting 10 um, grand. He's very notorious on bragging about his speed. I'm sure he's had yeah. speed, but, like, he's not even the fastest in the NFL. I'm sorry, but uh, what's his name? The Kansas City guy. Tyreek Hill is faster than him, just, like, mm -hmm. no matter. Like, he was faster than them both in high school, and he's faster than them now. So, and, like, yeah. maybe he thinks that he's talking to, like, he doesn't. He he's not going to get called out because people just take his word for it. When track world will be like, no, you're kidding me. Bolt's better than everyone that's ever lived. So when like you bragging about that, you're going to get called out by our community. But he realizes that our community is a lot smaller than the blogosphere community and like the NFL fan community that he can get away with it. So yeah, I mean, it is ironic he though bragging about a real. I mean, I I do the same thing. I brag about. The time I held off Leo Manzano in a four by eight, so I'll hold on to that. Yeah, people are trying to figure it out. I saw John Galt had found like the 2004 pen relays because that's what he thought it was, and Ginn's team won the four by one, but Bolt's team didn't like was in a different section. So he's like, I don't know, and didn't like make the final. Like the, I don't think they ever rate. They didn't even like they weren't even on the track at the same time, is what it sounded like. Well, so you I don't say know if it's he... a timed final, right? So technically, you won. You beat him in the timed final. But that's that's insane because not only were you not on the track at the same time with him, you're talking about a relay. That's absolutely <laughs> insane. That is a weird way to talk about. But technically, he did beat Bolt on a technicality, his, right? Like in a, in a rule of law, his team beat Bolt. His team he, beat Bolt. He, you could say that. Oh, 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 all right, all right. Hold on, oh, wait, wait. okay. Did. Michael Jordan beat the the Knicks, or did his team beat the Knicks? People say Michael Will Jordan Perdue. beat the Knicks. Will Purdue beat the damn Knicks? That's right. Wait, wait. We're we're okay to give people. You can't like that is a oh, that, you, did Tom Brady I mean, win the Super Bowl, or did the Patriots win the Super Bowl? We'll find out next year when now that Brady's not on the not on the Patriots. Listen, it's both we know that there's uneven relay teams out there in history. It's one of my favorite things. So uh the the to so say I'm that saying you on technicality somebody, though, he's he's right on the technicality. That's all I'm saying. No, no, he could he could say his re you know, he's hundred percent wrong. He can say his relay team, his team beat Bolt's team, that's fine. Also, Bolt's like three years younger than him too so it's a and i don't know bolt's teammates but it's basically a team of seniors talking about how they beat 
a team of freshmen. It's very strange or sophomores. Uh, but no, you can't. Put yourself can't. in his shoes, though. Kevin, Were you at the 04 pen relays? I'm just saying. Were you there? Were you at this if, meet? Did you watch it? Did you see him finish in front of him? I'm just saying. Put You're yourself in guy. his shoes. If you were in a 4x8 and your 4x8 beat a 4x8 that had David Rudisha in it, you would tell people. You'd be like, yeah, my, I beat David Rudisha. You'd say it. You would. You wouldn't. Oh, you wouldn't be like, no, technically I didn't beat him. You freaking have on your banner of your Twitter a photo of you racing Meb. In, uh, in a in a yes, in a marathon, a photo bombing Meb. Uh, if you get the whole photo, everybody else is holding hands, and I just wanted to get in the shot, so I stuck my head right in there. Uh, but but you want to you want to pretend that you're in a race with him, right? That's what you're doing. That photo. No, it's a joke. Right? No, that was a joke. I wasn't. No, I'm not gonna yeah, say it's I'm, a joke. Meb. It's, it's a joke. No, obviously it's a joke. It's like a friendly joke. Be like, yeah, I was in a race, right? And that's Gin's not joking. Like, no, he he's not joking. Not? He's a hundred. No, he's completely. Listen, listen. People much slower than him have deluded themselves into thinking they're faster than the fastest people in the world. And Ted Ginn Jr., as we mentioned, when he was in high school, was legitimately fast. So I think he legitimately thinks and considers himself being able to beat Bolt. If he ran in a, if this was an open hundred and he beat him and he ran faster in a different section, okay, still not quite the same thing because we know how the hundreds run. Maybe the wind shifted, but whatever. You could say I finished ahead of him in the results. That's fine. But to claim it on a relay, on a 4 by one because you're right. 4 by 4 you get the stick at the same time. That's one thing, right? Like if I got the stick at the same time as Michael Norman, and Michael Norman uh, did what he did and beat me, Michael Norman could claim that he is better than me, and he would be absolutely right. But on a 4 by one when you're not even in the same heat, uh, were people taking you, – you're, you were in Philadelphia then. Were people taking splits on 4 by ones at the 2004 Penn Relays? Was that a thing that was happening? Was that publicized? Is that put in the Philly Inquirer? Was Allen Iverson talking about this in press conferences? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a whole issue with way certain individuals approach track – like react – talk about the track and field resume, right? There's sprinters mm -hmm. who love to say they're a 10-1 guy when really – Fully automatic when legal, they're a ten five guy, you know. But they had right. that one eight mile per hour wind with hand time. They can call <laughs> themselves a ten one guy, but it's not true, right? right? right. So, right. I think a lot of athletes love to be kind of liberal with their resume building, and he's he went even extreme with the whole <laughs> well relays count <laughs> as relays are races too, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, I think he's. I think he's a little bit trolling. I think he knows that he's not faster than Bolt. But no, he may be. I mean, some people who are elite athletes, and he's obviously a, a great athlete because he made him to the NFL and he stayed in the NFL, they need to have that mentality that they're better than everyone, right? They need to think that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of athletes think they're the best athlete of all time, even though they're like the 1,000th athlete of all time, right? But they had the mentality mm -hmm. of, I'm the best. And so maybe that's what he's doing. He's like, he probably just thinks he he can beat anyone, right? Most runners think they can beat anyone, right? They don't have like, well, yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm I'm brag, I'm the forty second best. No, they all think I'm the best, right? <laughs> that is a characteristic. You're right. You're right. That's why I think he thinks it's true. That's why I hundred percent think he thinks it's true. I thought you were gonna get in your obligatory last dance comments there. Because you're you talk about it every pod, and we haven't talked since episodes uh, seven and eight came out. It was great. There's a lot of good uh, Jordan reactions to that 
uh, last dance. I keep on trying to think of how I'm going to use them during track meets. Uh, when uh, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan laughing, like how I can use what him like watching like a, I think I got to find like a video of like, so maybe someone on pod listener can make this mashup and send it to us and we'll post it. But like a video of like Jordan when he's looking at the iPad and then he laughs about like reacting to it. Show like a video of like a, someone getting caught in like a four by one or something like that or getting caught in a four by four and just laughing at them mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Something, something funny. Or an or interview of, of Grant game. Holloway just saying something <laughs> ridiculous and then Jordan just laughing. Yeah. I mean, the the laugh was great when he was shown the thing about Gary Payton. Just the dismissiveness of which he, he cracked. And Jordan cried, too. It got pretty deep. It got Would you say deep. that Ted, Ted Ginn Jr. saying he is better than Bolt or would have been better than Bolt is the, the bold, like the most... Uh, hot take that an athlete has ever had when it comes to track and field. Can you think of a hotter take? I mean, Adrian Peterson said he's going to make the f- team in the 400 when he got suspended for the NFL. I remember, th- I remember that. Um, there's been a lot of soccer slash rugby players that get lifted up, but that's not them. Usually that's someone around them saying I did. I crunched the numbers and their average speed is better than this. So I, I probably yeah. put it. Yeah, I would put I mean, it. I'd probably put it ahead of it because you're talking about beating the greatest person of all time. You're not just talking about making an Olympic team. And I think it's different when a media member does it. Cause all the media were saying like bowling ran faster than bolt. Cause they like took yeah. his night is whatever and say, Oh, it was faster than the Olympic final. Um, but right. that's all the media is just media doing that thing. But an athlete saying that they yeah, the were uh, beating them is a little different. Right. I mean, I try and think, is there like a, most track athletes don't do that. That's a thing, though, right? Because they know that they can, yeah, get caught right with their lie because they'll just go into a they'll go into a race and then lose and then like get called yeah. out. You can say this as an NFL player and never get proven wrong because you never have to like prove it, right? You can use your forty times and so yeah, you kind of get away with it, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I know Ocho Cinco has posted a lot about running and track but i think he's a lot of times he's just he's a competitive guy and he's joking a lot of the time peterson i think really believed it did chris johnson's i know chris johnson had a fast a really fast 40 did he ever say anything about becoming or beating bolt i know he raced a cheetah one time and the ultimate clickbait thing the cheetah wasn't even the same spot as him it was on the other side of a wall i wanted to see them go heads up you know, to see who, who could put, win it. Put, some, put raw meat on his tail and see if he really can outrun just, the cheater. Just go, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I felt like that was a waste of a half hour of a Discovery Channel program or whatever it was on to 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 find out the truth. Um, I heard they're they're replacing yeah. it with the Ultimate Garden Clash for uh, next season. <laughs> the cheetah's just re- chasing people around. It's a it's a mashup with um, season two of Tiger King, they're putting them all together yeah. there. By the way, Shoe King, right? Still out on Netflix. So it has it's uh, it got delayed because of uh, the pandemic, but it's coming out this Friday. So for all the people emailing, when Shoe King coming? It's coming this Friday. They moved up. You know the what Hamilton else? movie? They moved I know, back. I was about to say. Shoe King. I'm excited big, for that. That was big news in that. big news in my house this morning, Gordon. That was big news in my house. Yeah, that's big news in my brain too. 
I'm excited for it. Very that. excited. Now I don't have to Wait. buy a ticket. Just get to watch. Oh, you still got to go. You still got to go, man. What do you mean you still got to go? go? You're a theater guy. You're a theater guy, yeah, which but is I don't, the I don't most surprising thing coin. about you. I don't have that oh, coin. Oh, it's not. Yeah, I've I've looked over your shoulder when you have your investment account open. Uh, you have that coin, definitely. <laughs> Dude, we're, you love we're, the theater. We're, 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 we're in, we're in a, people don't we're know in that crazy about you. times, man. Everyone's everyone's cash cash strapped, right? You gotta. Yeah. Well, you've seen every musical, don't you think you'd? Want I know. To I do love one? music. I do love musicals. We need a track and field musical. I wonder what that would be. I should write that. <laughs> that could be my way of making it big. No one's ever done a track and field themed musical on Broadway. I just got to find the the best uh, character and storyline. And like, ooh, that sounds and, like ooh, a. The theater would be in the round, but instead of in the round, it'll be in the oval. So it'll be oval, yeah, yeah, like an oval theater. Ooh, that! Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna start writing this now. I gotta bust out my typewriter, write the the musical of. <laughs> I need to think of a good title. Anyone can email me good uh, musical titles for the first ever track and field story <laughs> told in song. It'll be great. If, I'm gonna open if, up in London, uh, West End. Got to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. If uh, if it gets canceled, like if these meets that they propose gets canceled and we're really short on topics, I see a, a July episode where Gordon breaks down his musical, right? I'm going to start writing it, yeah. I'll, I'll Maybe I can get some of uh, my friends who are great singers to do a little singing to add to it, you know? Get a little dance number. I'll make some TikToks to add to the dance numbers. It'll be great. It'll be good. So. No comment on the TikTok. I saw what you posted yesterday on Facebook. I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm not going to respond to that. Uh, yeah, don't respond to that. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to you, Gordon. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.